Welcome back to Microfamous, short, but hopefully a compelling and interesting episode for you today that I think will help you avoid a sales trap, a sales trap that will actually guarantee that you never dominate your niche or reach your highest level of impact. And that's why I think this is so important that I wanted to talk about it because there is a couple of ways to find easy sales. And one of those ways is a good long-term strategy and the other ends up being a trap. Now, we know from Richard Koch's work on the 80-20 principle and his book, The Star Principle, which is amazing, by the way, we know from those books that the most likely way to build a sustainable, profitable business is to first identify a niche with 10% yearly growth potential and then build the number one business in that niche. That's how he defines a star business. And investing in star businesses is what took him from being you know, a consultant making nice money and having a little bit in the bank to being a half a billionaire. And that is not a typo or a mistake. He literally is worth $500 billion from really just a handful of key investments. And it doesn't matter whether you invest or not. That's not the point of this episode. It's more about the business that you're building, whether it has the potential to have the income for yourself and the impact in the world that you're looking for. So to me, building the kind of business that will deliver the impact and income that you want really boils down to those two things that we talked about, just that you have to be in a niche that's growing 10% or more a year. And the goal is to build the number one business in that niche. And just about every successful business can be boiled down to those two things. Now, if we start from there, that we know that that's the goal, then that reveals a couple of very interesting things about what's really going on when sales come easy. So to me, there's a couple of different instances or scenarios when the initial sales come easy and one is great and one is not. So the first scenario is when you sell something easy to understand in an established niche. You might call this the fast follower strategy. And you see this a lot. Um, you know, in big corporations, you can see it a lot because it's called, you know, benchmarking or best practices or whatever. They basically look at what other companies are doing and without saying they're copying it, they copy it. It's uh, it's a very safe, uh, easy to sell in the boardroom type of strategy that looks at other companies and goes, hey, they're doing really well. Let's benchmark ourselves against that. Let's do what they do. And then we'll be fine. It's like, well, that's, that's insane. That does not work. <laughs> and uh, it, because being a fast follower, as opposed to being like Edison to Nikola Tesla, like being a fast follower in most spaces means that you, you often lose out on the opportunity to be number one. So I see this a lot in the real estate space, especially coaching, where even new and inexperienced agents uh, can generate sales because, you know, consumer expectations are low. Um, real estate sales is very commoditized. You know, competition is mostly part-timers who don't treat it like a business. You know, so you can see it in the lowest levels of real estate, but you can also see it in real estate coaching, you know, where the same lack of kind of overall seriousness in the entire industry makes it easy for successful, high achieving agents to turn around and get five or 10 coaching clients. All they have to do is go out and speak at a few events or go on a few podcasts and other agents that hear them will be clamoring and going like, hey, how can I coach with you? Which is awesome. But it also is a little bit misleading because the market is established. Agents know what a real estate coach is. They may be, you know, even having people in their life telling them they've got to hire a coach, right? Which is obviously driving part of that demand. So initial sales can come easy if basically you just have to have good content and be likable and trustworthy. So it creates this scenario where the sales come easy. Now let's look at the second scenario where sales can come easy. And that's when you sell something new and different but you're selling it to early adopters who are looking for something new and different. And you might call that the trailblazer strategy. You're not following somebody else, you're blazing a new trail. And that's what almost all big successful businesses do in their early days. 
right? The early adopters on the people who are buying something and might be interested in new things, they're looking for something new and different all the time. Like their radar is always up. So when you come along and give that to them, those people, those early adopters are at least open to hearing it, right? They're not resistant to new things. They're looking for new things. So if you're likable and trustworthy, you can pick up some early sales in the beginning, even with something new and different, as long as you're going to the early adopters. The problem with growing off of this, off of the early adopters, is there just aren't enough of them. In most niches, you don't have, you know, what, more than 10% of the market that are early adopters. So it's just not enough to build a long-term business. And of course, early adopters are always looking for the next thing. So they're going to switch over to you. They're going to give you a shot. And then maybe a year or two down the line, they're going to want to move on to something else. That's just their nature. So there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to acknowledge that when sales come easy, look very carefully to see who is buying, and maybe they're the early adopters. So when you look for early sales or easy sales early on, it can be misleading. It can take you in the wrong direction. So let's take this that first scenario we talked about where you're selling something in an established niche, right? When you're a fast follower, most of the time, the best case scenario, the best outcome you can even hope for is that you end up being Pepsi to someone else's Coke, the Samsung Galaxy phone to the iPhone, the Amazon Fire Pad to the iPad, and that's why looking for easy sales can be a trap. They can lead you into a position where you get stuck behind a leader you can never, ever overtake, right? Because they're already number one in that niche. So you're mostly just hoping that they make a mistake or, or that they leave that niche. So if you're, if you're a competitor to StoryBrand, I mean, you're, now is the time to jump into that space. Why? Because essentially StoryBrand is kind of walking away and, and Donald Miller himself is getting into something you know called marketing made simple and then business made simple. Um, they're effectively jumping into a much larger niche. So if you are a coach that specializes in branding, now is the time to build your brand because it's essentially that extremely well-known player in that space just vacated their position and left. <laughs> they, they packed up their stuff and left the niche. So that rarely happens when you're a fast follower. Most of the time you end up as Pepsi and you'll never be able to overtake Coke, the original, the, the original winner in that category. So when you're looking at selling something and you're going, man, like this, the sales are coming really easy here. Um, so maybe I should go off in this direction. Remember that one path of easy sales leads to dominating your niche. The other is a trap that leads to second place. The harder road of selling something new and different of creating a new niche and going from the early adopters to the mainstream, that's the path of a real sustainable, profitable business. And that takes leadership, stepping up and claiming a leadership position in a niche that actually doesn't exist yet. It takes courage and a lot of hard thinking and interacting with the market to give them something new and different that they want to try. Steve Jobs and the iPad is a great example, right? The category of tablet computers basically didn't exist until Steve Jobs created it. The tech was getting close, but he had the vision and the Apple team, you know, had the team that, uh, that executed the idea. And they, they created this whole new niche that Apple still continues to dominate to this day. You know, if you look at Steve Jobs' presentation from that, there's like a phone on one side and there's a, you know, a laptop on the other side. And then there's this question mark in the middle of like, hey, what's in between that? It, that's because it was a great visual demonstration that, hey, this category of thing we're about to announce to you doesn't even exist yet. This is a whole new device. And so to me, that's the big takeaway. Easy sales can be an indicator that we've created something new and remarkable. So early adopters are jumping on it like they did on the iPad. Or it can indicate that we've actually just created something that's capitalized on someone else's leadership and we're just a fast follower. So being a follower, no matter how fast you follow, is a losing strategy in the long run. To me, it's better to do the work up front to create something remarkable, compelling, and memorable. 
That makes sales easy to early adopters while also setting yourself up to dominate a new niche that really matters. So hopefully you got something out of that and gives you something to think about and, and a way to make better decisions about what products and programs and things you, you continue to work on because it's easy to be misled into getting into a market or trying to scale up a program that is based on easy sales because you're in an established niche and because um, you're, you're following someone who's already laid the groundwork and you're not really doing something that's new and original. And because of that, it may be giving you a misleading signal that will end up with you, best case scenario, playing second fiddle to somebody else, some other brand, some other coach, some other consultant, some other author, speaker, whatever. And nobody wants to be in that position. The best position to be in is to own a niche and be number one in that niche. And the niche itself is growing 10% or more a year. That is Richard Koch's definition of a star business. That's what I look for. That's what I want to become. That's what I hope for all of my clients. And that's why when we get clients in that are just looking to start a podcast, we don't jump into things like the design and the titles and taglines right away. If they come in with something that I think is brilliant right off the bat, we'll run with it. But most of the time it takes some groundwork because I want to get to know what their mission is. I want to know what the landscape in their industry is like. I want to know who's buying from them already. Are they the early adopters or not? I want to know what's different about their point of view and their outlook on the world. What's What are their big, bold beliefs? What are the things that they can stand up on stage and say in front of an audience that would make the audience gasp and, and set their industry abuzz, right? I want to know if they have those things because those are the kinds of things that lead to great podcasts. Something controversial, something bold, something different, something new and compelling and remarkable, something that is worthy of being remarked on, something that is worthy of true word of mouth, where people go out and tell other people in your industry because they can't shut up about you. Those are the kinds of things that lead to great podcasts that dominate new niches. Um, anything short of that, and you probably are finding yourself a fast follower, which is always going to be a losing strategy. You'll never overtake the leader in a niche, odds are, unless they make a mistake. And I don't really want to build a business off of hoping somebody else that I'm following stumbles on the path and falls down. So like I said, hopefully that's of value and helps you make good decisions about where to put your time, energy, effort, resources, because I want you to be able to move forward with calm, confidence, and clarity. That's what the podcast is all about. And we will see you on the next one. If you want to work with us to launch your podcast, like I mentioned, just reach out. There's links below uh, to learn more about our service and take a look at what we do. If you're just interested in getting clarity uh, in your business and you might want to work with me personally to walk you through some of that stuff, I, I'm still kind of building that out and I'm not really sure exactly what that looks like. I don't have a set definition definition of what that looks like. So if you're just interested in chatting and seeing what that might look like, uh, what we could do together, then just reach out to me personally. Just email me, matt at pursuingresults.com or get in touch on Facebook, facebook.com slash get microfamous. And you can message me there. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.